breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> You're listening to The Glitter Boys. You know, every time I see a cover by this particular artist, I always like get the inception sound in my head when I when I hear his name. <laughs> Today we're talking about uh Riff's World Book Six, South America, with, as noted, a cover by the Fantastic Brahm. It's it's really, really good. Now what's fascinating is that I think this is our second Brahm cover that we've covered. Uh, uh, in the, in the ah, and it's also happens to be the second book that we've covered by cj Corella or correa i'm not sure how that's pronounced mm. but as just fortune has it both are the same artist writer combo we did night bane previously and yeah. this is the same cover artist and the same writer so before we get into you know going over what the book has in it i want to talk about what what happens to places like South America and uh, Central America in fantasy and role-playing in general? In the best-case scenarios, they're glossed over. In the worst-case scenarios, there's this kind of low-key uh, North American patronization that happens of it. It's like, oh, yeah, they, like, they, they have their strength. I mean, it's not as good as what's going on up north, of course. And what I love about this book is that it is refreshingly free of that. <laughs> it is it is not it is not written in a comparative way to the powers of the north. In fact, like I wouldn't there there are things here that can gobble the CS up. There's there's lots of things here that can gobble the CS up. This is a high power area using its own lore and not condescended to. And I love the way it is written. I love what they took, what they used, the age they gave it, the immediacy they gave it. I just, I think it is, it is all too rare, especially for the time it was written in for you to get something like this. I agree. I think it is very, very tasteful with the subject matter. And I don't, I I have almost no problems with it, except for the one that you mentioned already before we started <laughs> recording, the, the, what was it? The Conquistador Robot. It's a little too, <laughs> not on, but straight up the nose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? and that's just not, that's not bad, that's just unsubtle. Yeah. You know? But nothing here seemed, nothing, nothing seemed out of place, nothing seemed based on stereotypes no. that somebody from the area wouldn't put there themselves. Which, as it just so happens to be, CJ is from there. Yeah. And I think that is a an excellent thing is not just to inquire of, you know, of local knowledge for someone who has been or lived there, but to actually put the project in their hands, say, okay, this is what we're looking for. This is what we want. And to give that that admission that we as North America Americans have such a hard time with. You obviously know more than me about this subject matter. Please lead us. Yeah. They did it here and it worked great. Yeah. Agreed. So uh this this uh 
This, this is a break from books introduced by Aaron Tarn. We frequently have our wandering <laughs> historian, uh, you know, the public enemy number one of the coalition, Aaron Tarn, introduces most, if most of the books. And this, we have someone different, somebody, uh, uh, Professor Augusto Cudbury of Laszlo. Mm-hmm. Now, Laszlo is a magical city on the North American content, con, uh, continent that is named after somebody <laughs> that we kind of, you know, just sort of briefly as an afterthought mentioned in a previous episode, Victor Laszlo. Yeah. Now, if you know that name, that means you've probably played a lot of Beyond the Supernatural. Anyway, it's fat. I love getting different perspectives and different people talking. I love this actual bit of exposition. What do you like most about it? Uh, it's very Captain Cook. It's uh, it's 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 based off an expedition. Not we wandered into town A. It was different from the things we are used to. My name is Aaron Tarn. I found wonderful people. I found bad people. My name is Aaron Tarn. <laughs> <laughs> there was a uh, there was a uh, through the through the tales of the story that they're they're using to to guide you through what the the areas of the book i i felt that there was a certain amount of like uh of last stand as their ship gradually became worse off and worse off and they lost more people and most people are like can we make it can we turn the horn you know spoilers they don't but um <laughs> you know i i thought it was a better story than what we're than what we're used to agreed i liked the 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 you know, the path of <laughs> when the way it's presented to you is we acquired these letters from a mission and we haven't mm -hmm. heard anything else since. Like you go into it expecting it to meet some kind of an ill fate. And I like yeah. that progression towards it. I like the boat. I like the 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 slow revelation that the one of the members of the group is something more than they knew he was and but it's not a bad thing it's just kind of weirding him out it's it, it's a good story yeah it reminded me of the of the travel logs of like uh like the early arctic explorers and stuff like that it's like day 37 had to eat the huskies you know it's just <laughs> it, it just it reminds me all all hope is lost you know there's a bit a spoiler alert there's a bit in the south america 2 book where mm -hmm. he talks cj which cj also wrote where he talks at the beginning about how he still couldn't get in everything that he wanted to and unfortunately one of the things that we don't get don't know if it's ever been released elsewhere is an adventure dealing with the fate of professor cudbury hmm yeah which would mean that maybe it's less than or still an ongoer. Could be. Yeah. I don't know if um, CJ does anything with Palladium in the current era. I know that CJ made his own games. He did witchcraft and I think uh, Armageddon it might have been called. Something. Anyway. But yeah. CJ just kind of does their own thing. <laughs> yeah. So this, this attempts to deal and give an overview with a whole bunch of new races, a whole bunch of new types, a whole bunch of new classes, and a large continent of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
let's keep in mind, South America is not a small place. I mean, South America is a very, very big place. And I mean, it's, it's, it's packed. The, what they did, even just with the Amazon is, is a whole, whole new thing. Like that Brazil is an Island now, technically. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. What this book gives us is we get some locations and some factions I like that again, we're still sticking with that formula where when we're given a faction, we're also given a, a list of the other factions and what this faction thinks of those other factions and their relations with them. We see who leads the factions. We get a breakdown of their military, a breakdown of their laws. We get a breakdown of what kind of, uh, you know, military groups that you might encounter in the wild, like scouting teams and so on. We get a, a list of a few major personas that are behind the scenes man we're we're doing this after doing the old ones yeah and there's no there's no city maps there's no key it's, locations it's hard. and i'm like <laughs> fuck this book there are jungle elves <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I, uh, you know i i just want one sentence NPC who might spawn a campaign, you know? <laughs> mm. Anyway. Yeah. You've got what we are now starting to expect from all of the world books, locations that have people and places and things happening in those locations. I will say this though, even, even bog standard palladium, which is, this is, you know, a world book. It's, this is the, the Excelsior around it. This is still better than, anything else out there in terms of just how dense you're going to get your story, how dense you're going to get your lore, how dense you're going to get your interactions. But yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm, I, I got spoiled real fast there on maps. Yeah. Well, what we get here is stuff that we're by this point, you should expect to have in a world book. We have a few additional player character races. We have some creatures we have some factions and their individual bits of technology, which are, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of reskins, I guess. Uh, the Jaguar yeah. bot, the Conquistador yeah. bot. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a part where we should address a thing which is notorious in the Palladium fandom, which is that the South America books are OP. Kevin himself, I believe, has even come out and like made statements. I think there's a note in the Game Master's Guide about it, which is that if you use the South America material, Game Masters should keep an eye out for numbers balancing. Now, yeah. you might think when you first see some of the equipment in this book, you might think, oh, no, whatever. No, it's nowhere. It's not that bad. You know, the, the RC-10 laser pistol here on page 22. Only 1D6 MDC, you know? Mm -hmm. That's a Wilkes pistol. That's common. Yeah. yeah. Then we start moving forward to the rocket auto cannon <laughs> rifle and the rocket auto cannon. And the amount of yeah. damage that those things put out is just... For a handheld weapon? Yeah. Yeah. We're And from this page forward, <laughs> we have weapons which routinely do damage up to that of a glitter boy. Like, wait mm -hmm. a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So GMs, it's a cool book and the setting's pretty cool, but be wary of any equipment 
that you bring in from South America. It has some extraneous equipment that I also like, though. Um, I always like the um, art, the APC variants. Oh yeah, the armored personnel carriers. Not 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 fighting vehicles per se, but things that you're far more likely to to be given by a government you're doing a mission for. They're not going to send you out with a squad. They're going to be like, here's a here's a an armored thing with a you know with a gun on it. You you take this and a local guide. Or it's far more likely to find one of those broken down in the jungle for repair. I I I love finding things that aren't the biggest and baddest and toughest. I like finding the everyday things and yeah. seeing some of the, the the choppers, the boats in this, some of the uh, the getting around vehicles, uh, especially with the uh, the Colombian faction. I really enjoyed those choppers and boats for me. It's it's where it's at really. When I think of putting an adventure group in a jungle, if it is modern-ish day or later, then it is Predator. Oh, <laughs> I was going to go uh, something <laughs> else. Where are you going? Oh, Apocalypse Now? Oh, Heart of Darkness. Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, one, any of those things. But my brain, I you know, I get those mental pictures of those scenes from Predator or, mm-hmm. you know, Apocalypse Now. But helicopters and boats. Helicopters dropping yeah. people off and boats taking them to the destination. So the fact that we got helicopters and boats in this, there we go. That's an adventure for me right there. I love the pirate kingdoms. I They're am neat. a water person and I, I don't think it's explored enough, especially in, uh, in, in, uh, in rifts, North America, the variety of people don't just, don't just huddle. The humans don't huddle. Well, what we do is we go, oh, fuck, we're short on resources. Hey, those guys have resources. Let's take their resources. My friend, I cannot wait till we get to the next world book then. Rifts under yeah. seas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like I like the sailor OCC. I like, yeah. even though it has an awful picture, I like the pirate OCC. Um, I just, I, I think it's pretty cool. What did you think of the anti-monster? Okay, so, like... Here's the thing. You have a vampire is tough in riffs, right? And you're looking at the vampire kingdom. And this is what I was talking about earlier when I was talking about how this is not a a pale reflection of the power of North America, how this is its own powerhouse. And the anti-monster developed to fight those things is the perfect, the, the perfect thing to showcase that like that. That's what's on the cover, right? Yeah. Yeah, and this is a a this is a techno wizard plus genetically engineered plus government sponsored fucking super killer thing. Mm-hmm. Take a note of some of its stats: supernatural physical strength minimum of twenty eight plus two d six. Oh God, Speed. I didn't read. I honestly didn't read the stats. Speed of three d four times ten. Err. These are. Awesome. 1d6 times 10. So they have upwards of 460 MDC that regenerates at 1d6 per round. They have some pretty cool supernatural, magical, and sensory abilities. And they're only like like seven feet tall. I know the book's like, oh, these towering giants. And then it's like towering giants of seven feet tall. It's like, wait, I know people that are seven feet tall. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're pretty tall, but... On a scale of one to rifts, 
They yeah. ain't that tall. <laughs> it very casually lists some things that I've always found to be super cool. Yeah. Which is uh, like the normal heat cold weapons no longer needs to eat or breathe, can survive indefinitely in outer space, underwater, buried alive. Let's say this thing is mad at you <laughs> and you flee <laughs> literally anywhere on the planet. If it can figure out where you are, it will get to you. It doesn't matter if there's no airports. It doesn't matter if it can't find a boat. It will walk into the water in Brazil and come out on the beach in England because it can do that. I played an anti-monster in a game not too long ago, and I styled him after one of my favorite, favorite incarnations of Patrick Warburton, Brock Sampson from the Venture Brothers. Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) They hit me with a truck. (laughs) I don't think so, Doug. (laughs) I had so much fun with it he was just just unstoppable i am going to slowly march towards you and stab you with a knife over and over again until you die it was (laughs) oh my god oh and then we're gonna armor it all to hell too because we can do that they're just badass supernatural Mm -hmm. technological killing machines with magic yeah and innate magic that can just be called on the thing is the problem with them they have the juicer issue, and that is mm-hmm. five years or so, they might just die. Yeah. But you know what? If you make it 15 years, you're set. <laughs> if you can pull it off, <laughs> you're set. After that, all is good. You get, uh, you, get you know, obsession tables and stuff too. But yeah. I mean, fuck, this is... Let's face it, you're, you're probably not going to last 15 years. No, no, no player character is going to last 15 years unless they, you know, actually work for Palladium and uh, then are given as a vehicle for exposition in future books. I just, You know, what's funny is you're 100% right. And now I know that you're 100% right. And I agree. I don't even think about character ages. But when I was younger and when I first got into Palladium games, when I first got into RPGs via Palladium games... One thing that I remember distinctly paying attention to in every racial description was average lifespan. And I took that into account when I made a character because I wanted to picture that character becoming old and retiring, you know? That's the dream, isn't it? Never happens, but that's the dream. Now I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Drive them like they're stolen, you know? (laughs) Especially if you're an anti-monster. This is like a juicer. You you don't play this character to retire. You you play this character to to rush forth and stab the fuck out of the enemy until it blows yeah, you this, up. It's total burnout than to fade away. That's some cool freaking shit in here, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, some villains, some cool factions, some cool bad guys. You've got so the Vampire Kingdom, Hakra, is mm-hmm. I think super cool because they don't take that whole hide and wait and disguise ourselves approach as the other vampires that we've seen so far. Mm. They're like, fuck home motherfucker. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They are just all about it. And they got a demon helping them set the world on fire kind of thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. The, the pirates have good stuff as well. Yeah. What else is there? There's like, uh, the the maps are basically uh, sadly just kind of like a highlighted area in this. Mm hmm. 
But I mean, it's it's cool. It's cool. We got voodoo. The, the, the voodoo peoples, yeah. I like the voodoo spirits. I like the way that they do their magic too. I think they're yeah. they're very interesting characters. And then we have a bunch of elves who apparently want to make uh, South America great again because they live on Maga Island. <laughs> I wasn't going to. I was just going <laughs> to skip over it, but I'm so glad you did. <laughs> Mainly because the jungle elf is just. Come on now, guys. That looks like Prince Namor. Yeah, it like, really does. It's, it's just, it's just bad, and and it's it's a long. So I'm sorry, buddy. But I'm not into the jungle elves. No, biomancy. On the other hand, biomancy, awesome. So yes. I'm curious. I know you didn't like the the uh, Millennium Tree, no. but what do you think of the Memory Trees? It, it strikes me as Dragonlance Elven stuff. The the like the memory tree. This this is more of an ent, you know. This is a this is a this is not a godling that's trapped into a tree. This I I, I like them better than I yeah. like the Millennium Trees. I like that they have more agency within a story. Like yeah. they can do more. They're more active. Sure, they're not billions of NBC or whatever, but they're still. I feel that they're going to make, as you say, they're int like. Like I can definitely see using them in a group being much more exciting when they swarm over Isengard. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, the, they're... It's not like... Here's the thing. A Millennium Tree could very easily be an an old god, mm-hmm. right? This is a thing. This is a thing with a personality. This is not some unknowable that we've just kind of learned to work with. This is something you can communicate with. Uh, this is something you could bring a birthday present to. This is something that may gift you with a birthday present. Like this, this is a thing. This is a neighbor. If your party had a jungle elf a long time ago, this could be your friend having it transitioned into the tree state of their life. Yeah, it's it's. Cool. I like it honestly. Yeah. I, I think it's. I, I do like the big imponderables that the Millennium Trees could have been. I just don't think it was brought out correctly. Yeah. Like, I, I like unknowable old gods. I, I like them, but I just don't think it was handled quite right. I think that the the memory tree slash biomancer combo, sorry, the memory tree plus biomancer combo is way more dynamic than the millennium tree plus druid combo. Agreed. I also think that this is a much better for lack of a better word, druid, than you will find in most other systems. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biomancy is just so cool. They're just, yeah. they seem so much more active and useful. And even though they essentially fill the same roles as druids, mm-hmm. they're, there's just more going on here. They're, they seem much. more fun. Um, you, you can jump two trees. Uh, <laughs> you can, you can a bio blast. You can undo undead. That's an interesting one in the area, wouldn't you say? Growing weapons and armor. Yeah. Uh, uh, Touch of life. Yeah. There's there's lots of cool things. Unfortunately, they also go with bio armor, which I wish, I wish they people would just stop doing that. I really do. It, It makes sense that you have. An MDC tree, I get it. Why wouldn't you harvest the leaves and the twigs and the bark? But it's just so damn silly. I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, <there laughs> you is. know. It, it's a taste thing. I'm, I'm not into it. I mean, 
I, I don't necessarily want them in like, you know, wait, no, I do. I do want them in giant tree robots because that would be fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, a power armor tree bot. <laughs> oh. Okay, why is that not in this book? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got the lizard men. I like their story. We got new draconia dragons you know so we we went over atlantis and in the atlantis book there is mention of a may or may not actually be a god dragon who has mm-hmm. started up a new branch of the cult of dragon right which is for those of you who play palladium fantasy it is one of the core religions of that setting so here we have a kingdom that is that was a kingdom mostly of scaly folk that then got taken over by a dragon who the book literally describes as dragon Hitler. Yes. (laughs) Who invited the Splagorth and, and, you know, Gargoyles and Katani. And so Legarto is a happening place. (laughs) Yeah. Not a good place to be wandering in as a humanoid adventuring party, but... Yeah, if you ain't got scales, don't go there. Yeah. I do really like that picture of the armored lizard man on page 74. I think that's just a really good, simple picture. I do too, but I also... My favorite is the uh, the bionic velociraptor. Oh, God, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yes. Oh, my God, yes. Robot dinosaurs. What Come was that on. called? The, do you remember that cartoon or show that was robot dinosaurs with little riders that would dino riders or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because there's a classic picture from Dino Riders with a T-Rex with a laser gun mm-hmm. on its head. Yeah. That someone long ago took and put the Rifts logo on and the nice. caption just says, yep, it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> like there's a, what is it? The long picture on 84? Yeah, with with it attacking the tank. That that's that's my part. I, I like that a lot. And no, n- no gun for you. No. <laughs> in, in my in my mind, though, I'm trying to repicture this or to 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 reimagine this picture as like they're friends, and he's like, "Hey, kick, kick, hey, over there. <laughs> you still in there? <laughs> Come on, Dave. This ain't hey, funny, you guys." <laughs> <laughs> There's moving on. There's the cities of gold because it's, it's not just, it's not just one Eldorado. It's all the Eldorados. Well, I like the idea that they took the myths of Eldorado and broke them down and separated each one of those myths into its own city and went with the whole, Oh, it was actually all of these things, which combined into this one mega myth. I do like that. Um, I do like that. Each one has its own flavor, customs, weapons, like, I, I kind of like the, the swashbuckler of the, of the Minoan, Manoa. Yeah. The Amazons are neat. The monster hunters are neat. The fucking two-mouthed shoulder aliens. That's, sure, why I'm, not? <laughs> I'm not sure about the, the whole hoplite European thing. I, I think that could have been elsewhere. Yeah. There's... There is a strange mix of like that European style, which you get it, but I, I thought it would be more Spanish. You know, that's that's what you'd associate yeah. with the area. 
but hey, what do you think about the Jaguars? Jaguars Q. Cat people, you know, yeah. lots and lots and lots and lots of cat people. I think it's a little silly that the bad neighborhood in the cat city is called kitty litter. Yeah, that that didn't need to be a thing. Yeah. But hey, you know what? Furries, this is your book. Go for it. <laughs> uh, what is it? The uh, what was, was the cat with the bat suit thing? The, oh my uh, God, the, the, the tiger? Oh yeah, my yeah, God. the flying tiger. That's just the silliest <laughs> goddamn thing I think I've ever seen. Uh, it looks like a flying squirrel, angry kitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it, him so much. It really much. does look like a flying squirrel at a Halloween costume. I know. I want to boop his snoot. <laughs> but... The existence of the gods, the, the the fact that they're just like, oh yeah, there's those three cat gods. They all mm-hmm. live here, yeah. like actually live here all the time, kind of thing. So yeah, make fun of my squirrel suit, fucking monkey. I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I I like it, but I've always loved playing cats because I like in D and D whenever possible, I'll play a Wemmick. That's one of my favorite things to be. I like cats. I, I I understand them. Yeah, there's lots of cities, lots of... There's an alien intelligence kicking around. This one seems to have a personality. Yeah. This guy, okay, he's not good. I don't like him. He's bad. But I don't know. Some of the stories that you read about the things that this guy's gotten up to, he seems kind of funny. <laughs> Like he's got a sense of humor. Well, that's just disarming, though. You got to be careful. (laughs) He just, (laughs) I I get the sort of vibe that this guy's going to be one of those kind of like, you know, I'm not going to vote for the guy, but I drink a beer with him kind of tyrants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I could see that too. Yeah. Yeah. All the aliens. And we got monsters. And we got aliens. And we got monsters. (laughs) They just, you know, it's, this is, this is the world book format at this point. Mm-hmm. Then we got more guns, then we got more armor, then we got more vehicles. It's 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 good stuff. I mean, there's there's lots of stuff in here. There's drugs in here, um, which is a really quick nod towards the pharmacopoeia that can come out of the Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, yeah, it's it's a thing. Talks about the rainforest. There's some uh some kind of derivative OCCs in there, but you know, totally workable if that's your thing. Some some actual real monsters that are you know accurate based I, upon I, I real legends. I, I like it. I, I I can't I can't pronounce most of them, but the only one that I, I I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Hikiva or uh, yeah Hikiva yeah yeah. I think I just fucked that up. I think we just lost out. I think I, th- I think we did too. Hikiva. I like I like the Splugorth ships. I think those are those are great pieces of art there and yeah. a good expansion on it. They do a shitload of damage. These are some mm-hmm. th- these are some powerful vehicles. These are not the vehicles that you as a GM ever want your players to get control of. No. Maybe to run from. And then we close out with some demon ships. And it's fascinating that we're closing out on this because the demon ships are something that we're going to get into when we get to our next Palladium Fantasy book, Adventures mm-hmm. in the High Seas. I like that we're taking a lot of things in this direction. That makes yeah. me happy. Yeah. A lot of seeds here. There's a lot of adventure. There is a great picture on page 167 
of the black demon ship. That is that is an amazing picture. Yeah, uh, it's this this biologic thing with a just glaring prow and what looks like a crucified uprights, and it's just it's it's cool. Shit, I don't know. It's a good book. I think it does a lot of justice. Yeah, I think that if you are looking to take your characters somewhere outside of North America and you just haven't been impressed with the material that was released on Europe. Which I can understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, I mean, aside from the source book, I found it largely unexciting. Yeah. But, but this this is an exciting book. There's a lot here to work with. And if you want to send your player characters here, you can choose to leave the numbers as is because it's a bit OP. And frankly, mm-hmm. working with stuff from the Ultimate Edition and onward, it kind of builds up. I Honestly, I don't, I don't think it's going to be super, super, super unbalanced. No. Yeah. I, I don't think your players are going to have a hard time with this kind of stuff. No. Uh, to you know, assuming that they don't, you know, white knight into the place and start shooting because then they're going to fucking die. Yeah. But I do think that it is the logical expansion of a lot of stuff because it's, it's very um, American centric. Like most of the, of both editions of the, of the core game are, you know, North America. There is one place and one place alone you can walk to from there. And that's here. Without crossing the oceans, without having to fly, which is both of which are a very, very bad idea. (laughs) And something to think about to kind of justify the power increase of this book is this is a whole continent that is separated from everything else. And the people here have some problems. To the northwest, you have Mexico and the Yucatan Peninsula which are completely covered in goddamn vampires. Just southeast of Mexico, right there, sorry, the northern north, the northwestern corner of South America is a goddamn vampire kingdom, but these are war vampires. They are all about some conquering. You've got the Splugorth to the north. You have... Oceans full of horrible, terrible things which will destroy you. For the South American continent people to survive and exist, they had to have come up with some pretty awesome technology and survival abilities. Meaning, this isn't a place for those, you know, molly-coddled North Americaners to just (laughs) come and, and... you know, jet set around. This is no, it's it's definitely harder edged. Yeah. This is a zone of the MMO that you need to level up before you go to. <laughs> you uh cut your way through the jungle, you know, and you finally emerge to the, the beautiful waters, which is teeming with, you know, all kinds of monsters, badass evil pirates, and on the far pier are giant humanoid cats in power armor, looking at you like lunch. This is not a good spot. So I, I, I think that the, the level of the power is appropriate to the level of challenge. And the best thing you can do upon walking in from any other area is to start picking up stuff from the people you slay. <laughs> yeah. 
it's a classic role-playing game thing. The expectation that some areas are going to be more powerful than others. Yeah. And bigger challenges. I say embrace it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. There's there's I, there's some parts of it that are, that are silly. Yeah. There there are some parts of it that are a little head-wavy, but honestly, compared to what we typically get for areas that are non-English speaking, for lack of a better term, um, I, I think it's great. I, th- I think it's a really, really well done book. And compared to what we got from the European books, the level mm-hmm. of silliness is pretty low. Yeah, there's no Artur. Fucking Artur. <laughs> 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 Caliber X. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm I'm normally your biggest fan, but that one just stunk. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Okay. Well, yep. That was it. That was South America. I I I wonder if people were expecting us to to harp on a little longer about the power but honestly no. it's it, it it's up there but the more i think about it and the more i have read reread the book i think it works for where it is and the thing is is that this is this is riffs if you're looking for balance you've come to the wrong bar you know this is just that's just not what they do here yep so <laughs> like you you can survive at any level you got to be smart you have to you you can't just rush in like you you have to but you can you can play your vagabond here just as well as you can play it anywhere else you just have to use your brain it always falls back to that classic adage treat combat like war regardless of where you are treat it like a battlefield and you might actually survive be it against a bunch of people with wilkes laser pistols or uh, a bunch of people with some of these South American rifles. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did I mention that I liked the um, the, the the missile guns? Just like I I, I like those concepts. You, you see them every now and like old seventies uh, sci fi. Mm-hmm. The the uh, tungsten cord mass projecting missile. It's fucking cool, and I yeah. I love that they're here. It's anime. It, it as makes fuck. me happy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, um, on the scale of do you need it? No, no, you don't, unless you're moving in that direction. Is it a worthy book? It absolutely is. Yeah, I don't think you need it. If you want a place to take your characters away, that is something new than what you've been doing so far. Mm. You can't go wrong with South America. And no, some of the things you're going to encounter in riffs and normal riffs like North America base books is going to be a lot of hints of what's actually coming up. Like anywhere in the Southwest and really anywhere in the Americas, you're going to have to deal with the Rift's vampires, but they're not as organized. And this is giving you, in addition with one of our first ones, Vampire Kingdoms, this is giving you a lot of the end result of that. This is this is the, not the hidden, as you said, the hidden vampires. It's like, no, 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 the, the Andes, yeah, that, that's ours. We we own that. That that's ours. We we live here. And we will cut you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Catch you next time, folks. Starships, magic, mystic martial arts, romance. All of these can be found in A Cloak of Blades by Isaac Sher. You might have heard my name before. I've done a lot of voiceover work for Breakfast Puppies. And I've recently released my first novel. It's available on Amazon as an ebook and paperback. 
and you can get it for free if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I do hope you'll support my work as you're supporting Breakfast Puppies. And it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Have a good one. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.